Welcome back, Empire Builders. It's Bridget Eileen Cisco. This was such a fun episode. I always love when I've had some time to chat with my guest a little bit prior to the interview. So today's guest, Ella, and I had connected a number of months back. We connected through the incredible hospitable host community. And this is a community of Airbnb hosts, short-term rental industry hosts, business owners, software founders, really cool group of people who are all in the hospitality space. I've done some visibility trainings in there, some writing sessions in there for everyone, and it's been really cool to get to know these business owners. You know, especially when you're in a space where you are connected with similar types of businesses, I've really enjoyed getting out there and learning about different types of businesses. So today's episode is going to blow your socks off. Ella is the co-founder and president at AutoHost, a guest screening, identity verification, and fraud prevention platform for hospitality. She's had such an interesting journey. And one of the things that we talked about was her experience in banking, which is risk management, to digital marketing agency, to starting a software company, right? How does one do that? We talked about travel and its impact on perspective and really living your purpose based on having that perspective. She is also a self-proclaimed wine connoisseur, kite surfer, diver, photographer, a mother of two, true adventurous spirit, inside hospitable host, which is this incredible book. Go look and find it on Amazon. Ella actually shares her story of how and why she started AutoHost because she had some crazy guest experiences in her short-term rental company. Like, talk about the police getting called, AR-15s, crazy stories. So this business that she created is really based on a deep, deep why. You're going to love this episode. Stay tuned until the very end to hear Ella's big vision for AutoHost. It's going to blow your mind. Connect with her on all social channels. Go check out AutoHost. If you're in the hospitality industry, you have a short-term rental, you are in the property management space, this is a great company to start working with. Thank you all so much for being here. I love you. I appreciate you. Go share this host, this episode. Well, you can share the host too. Go share this episode with a friend. Thanks for being here. Hey, Ella. Welcome to She Builds Empire's podcast. So grateful that you are here. We finally got our date on the calendar and you've just arrived back from a little travel. So how are you doing? Good. Yeah, so happy to be here and definitely glad it worked out. Um, I'm doing good. I'm well slept. We uh, arrived at a late flight, so I came in around 3.30 a.m. We had some delays, but um, it all worked out really well and I'm back in Toronto. Yeah. I remember last time we talked a couple of months ago, you were about to leave on this like epic adventure with the kids. And I was super intrigued to like what they were going to do for school and you just were sharing all the things. So can you tell us a little bit about where you just work? So I think it's like fun and speaks to you. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, this is the second year in a row I'm doing this and definitely not the last, um, but I've been, so I live in Toronto, Canada and I have been escaping the winters. <laughs> so kind of picking up the snowboard, um, philosophy and life uh, life choice early on and basically last year we did Costa Rica and that was the first <clears throat> sorry the first time so kind of getting exposed to to all of it and then this year um, we just came back last night from uh, Roatan Honduras so Roatan is an island off of Honduras it's a beautiful and stunning place it's famous for like snorkeling and diving um, and yeah so we spent about a little over two months there so we saw the first snow, we didn't miss out on that, and then hopped on a flight. So I've been there for a little over two months now. Um, and yeah, the, the logistics are very like, as long as the kids are in school, 
you're good. So I have two kids, they're, they're three and six. So it's like, they're not missing, you know, intense geography or calculus. Um, so it's just, there was like a beautiful uh, guidepost Montessori school there, mm -hmm. English speaking, they had Spanish lessons, lots of like mixed ages kids. They had the ocean as their view. So kids are in school and then I get to work remote. So that's the interesting thing, even though like I'm very, very big on travel, um, just given life and business and auto host and kind of where I'm at, it's a lot less likely for me to right now take a two week vacation yeah. and to just be off the grid and turn off my phone. Um, and so it is likely though, you know, to be able to take a two month work remote. So what I really need is school and internet. And so, yeah, I was working, um, hours were a little different, but we figured out with the team and that's basically it working remote. And then kind of on evenings and weekends, you're on vacation, you're going diving and chilling with slots and feeding monkeys and diving with dolphins. And it's very, very cool. I, I love this because, you know, when you and I were connected, we we're connected through our friend Jody, through the hospital host mm -hmm. community. Um, congratulations on the book coming out, Thank by the you. way. Yeah, like a week or two ago. Yeah. Everyone go to Amazon, hospitable host too. I have it with me. It is a dense read, oh, but it is like so interesting. And, you know, our first conversation was like more about like, what is your business? Like, tell me about auto host, tell me about your background. And then I think when I like realized I wanted to have you on the show was that like, you have so many other passions, like beyond just the business. And I always think that's like really inspiring. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned to me was like, this idea of you just always kind of followed your passions and whether it was from like the marketing world that you were in previously to the mm -hmm. risk management, which we can talk about too, into like what you're doing now, you kind of just followed those breadcrumbs. So I'd love for you to do like a little intro of what you're doing with Autohost and then take us back a little while. Yeah, I'll be happy to. Um, <clears throat> I like the idea. Okay. Reverse chronological order. That works. So right now, yes. So I am uh, the co-founder and president of Autohost. And Autohost is, um, we work primarily in the hospitality space at the moment. And Autohost is a guest screening, identity verification, fraud prevention platform. So basically, we we do the whole, um, hi, thank you so much for booking. Please follow this to kind of confirm your reservation. And then guests in hotels are able to give their ID, upload a credit card, make sure they have a deposit on file. And so rules, so kind of mutual protection. So we make sure for our clients and operators that the guests are who they say they are. The guests make sure their identity hasn't been compromised. And for the absolute majority of guests, this is just your digital check-in process. Um, and then for the really smaller smaller parts of, you know, bad apples in the industry, we, we are there for protection of abuse, parties, vandalism, smoking, whatever like gray area issues that hospitality sometimes has, and then all the way to the more serious criminal activity. So we we do work with operators that unfortunately deal with anything from, I mean, false identities and escort services and sex trafficking, money laundering, gangs, drugs, and so like kind of properties being used not for the right reason, basically. So we, we sit right there. I think it's really interesting, like, where you are in in the marketplace also because I interview like a lot of really interesting business owners on here, but not so much in the hospitality space and not so much like offering a software that's so targeted. And like you did this out of like necessary reason because you had experiences with bad mm -hmm. guests. So like, I just love that too and find it really interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, happy to have that be the leeway to go back. So it's true, I do have experiences. Um, given that just shameless plug, so the Hospitable Hosts book is where I actually got to write about that experience. So that was really interesting for me because I very often talk about AutoHost right now and I represent AutoHost, which is a SaaS um, company, but it's true. So I come from the one step back is hospitality space. I ran a property management company in Toronto called Quickstay. And, and, and long story short, because it really is all written, it was so fun to write because it was my, I think it was the first time I took just... And it was a good like 3,000 words or so five pages of text and just the story of what happened then. But in a nutshell, I mean, we just, as scale came, we dealt with problems. And so everything kind of culminated when real fraud hit us and, and, and the need for intense case screening came about. So when we developed it internally, we just saw that we have a very good and strong technology to take it over to the space. And we had really good answers to kind of like, why now and why us? And so that kind of took, took us to AutoHost. Um, and then prior to that, maybe in a, in a total nutshell, like, so I, I mean, I studied math and business, which is a really cool and impressive combination, but also it was my way of saying, I don't know what to study. Um, and let's kind of go as broad as we possibly can. And mathies are typically not amazing business people and people that are all in business are not really good with math. So let's just do that. Um, so I studied that. And then, um, fresh out of school, I, uh, actually, I was hoping to go teach English in Japan or Korea at the time but wasn't kind of qualified for whatever reason. And, and then I went into like the, the bank. I worked at the Bank of Montreal here in Canada um, in a risk analysis capacity, which, um, which I now realize was my only real kind of out on the workplace job. Mm -hmm. And so I was there for a little bit. And then my boyfriend, then fiance and husband, we, um, he sold a business. And so we basically took a a total break from life. And after two years of working, we went to travel. And I was lucky enough that we actually did a whole, a little over a year of a trip. So we did all over South America. Uh, we, I mean, I liked traveling way beforehand. And this was just putting it all to the test and taking a very slow and different, which I guess all connects like the, the concept, mm -hmm. even the fact that I was just away right now, the concept of traveling, that you're not just like, you know, three, four days, quick trip, go see all the sites, checklist, but rather go and hang out, go to meet a place, like go become a local, you know, the senora knows which fruit shake you like, um, is really, really fun. So we did that for a little over a year. We did a lot of South America, um, right into Central America. And then when we came back, I pretty much said like, I know I was deep in the bank and I was going into like math and data analysis and so on, but I don't feel like doing that. And so what I did was a total 360. And um, I got started working at a startup that I mean ended up failing, but that was a great experience. And I, I I did this whole switch and went into the marketing and biz dev capacity. And when that failed, that led us kind of to say, okay, I don't want to go back to the workforce and working at some co-working spaces again because we really like to travel. We got to basically start picking up clients for a digital marketing agency. Mm -hmm. And so just because we're being loud on the phone, we're talking and just expressing what it is we're doing, we started working with digital marketing clients. Um, kind of working on their digital ad campaigns, marketing spend, Facebook AdWords. So I really got to maintain the analysis part of things. Like I'm not a designer. I never am. I take the analytical approach to marketing. Let's do the A-B test. Let's see what works. Let's try it this way or that way. And so how are we getting results? What does the funnel look like? So kind of I always <laughs> maintain that lens, but moved into the digital marketing agency. And then kind of back to travel, we figured that you can work remote, like way before COVID made it popular. Um, we would do that. And so um, I dive and I kite surf and, and we did this thing where like, just let's just go rent a place. 
um, kite when it's windy, work when it's not, eat fresh seafood. Um, so we did that for quite a while around, um, I guess like 2014, 2015, that period of time. Um, where am I? I guess, yes, yeah, so a digital marketing agency. And then very quickly that led to, so we, we were away and rented out our place like many people do and discovered mm -hmm. the magic of Airbnb. But then when we came back to Toronto, we just realized that the apartment is making way too much money and it doesn't make sense to go back there. And I don't mean like crazy amounts, but if it's a thousand bucks over my rent, I might as well pocket that. And that kind of snowballed and our marketing experience came into play because we're able to turn it into like a real business very quickly and start working with clients. And so first it was us and then it was like a, a friend's dad's apartment and then that expanded. And so we pretty much grew quick state to be a little, a little, a little over a hundred properties. Um, I kind of laugh that. So quick says that the property management company was pretty much born together with my son. So mm -hmm. RE6 now and kind of as he was like, I was on my mat leave. So we wrapped things up with a digital marketing agency and really picked up this like short-term rental management, um, right? As like he was born, I have like, at first we were doing apartment setup and design. Like I have this, I think I have this like really cool time-lapse video of Ari in his car seat, basically like first he's there with a bunch of Ikea boxes. And then next photo is like, we made a sofa. So now the car seat is on the sofa and like some other things are being built. And then we're doing like a closet. And so like, he's like one month old sitting there um, so yeah, so that was quick stay basically kind of from say 2015, 16, all the way through to 2019. We're developing that. Um, I have a question and as you, as you go through this, and I think it could be, you know, interesting for the listeners too. You were saying that like you were deep immersed in the bank and what you were doing there. And then you had some travel and you come back from the travel and you're like, I can't do this anymore. So like, what part do you think travel and getting out of our natural environments, how does that give us perspective to like really understand like what we're meant to be doing? Oh my God. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it gives you all the, all the perspective in the world just because you're seeing when you travel and be it, I mean, first world or developing world countries, you just like, you see different ways. You can see people in a village in Bolivia that have nothing and they're living in like mud houses and they're, they're happier than a lot of my friends or they're happier than me. Or like you, you just, you look at perspective and you see certain things and you start understanding, okay, would I live here or would I do this? And what else is there? And then I think that the main thing it let me do is break away a little bit from the stigma of what is, what does it mean to be successful and to be like smart and to do well? So for example, working in a bank was probably the perfect thing because I, and I was doing risk analysis and data, data like analysis. And the, I think the career path would have been if I'm going to climb that social, like that, sorry, that corporate ladder, I just need to get like better and smarter. And like, let's take another course and get a little bit deeper into it and do more of the data and make fancier like reports or then manage that department and move away from doing reports and figure out like strategically, what do we need? And so nothing at all wrong with that route, but I think that travel let me envision that route. And, and you need to be passionate about it. You need to say, oh my God, like managing the bank one day will be incredible. Or let's say from that, I want to move into consulting and get deeper into ABC. And so I feel that when I envision that, okay, what does the end goal look like? And is that thrilling? And then when I'm like, no, then why would I do that? Like, why go back either to that place or a different place, get an upgrade, get like a senior analyst position? Like, why would I start even climbing it if the end goal isn't appealing? And by all means, if the end goal is, 
I would have like went and climbed it because that's, mm-hmm. that's the plan that needs to be thrilling. So maybe it was really that the whole like, what do I really want to do? And maybe just not judge myself. Like marketing isn't worse than than data because it's less mathy or scientific. Um, and if anything, like I said, I really get to keep best of both worlds. And I'm I'm always analytical about everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and love working with really creative people for that part of the of the world because I'm just like not not great at that. So maybe travel mm-hmm. just to put a few of those things in perspective and, and traveling for over a year is like it's not arbitrary because you need to make sure you're not you you do get tired and you do get bored of travel but that is really where we're able to like live in places and volunteer in hostels and bartend or I worked at a dive shop at some point in Peru um so just like this whole open up your your world and then when you come back like I've been gone for a year but like you didn't miss out on anything mm. you, you came back like life continues yeah, I feel like oh my god, a year away. But you know, my friends are gonna forget me, or I'm gonna miss out on somebody growing up, or certain experiences and FOMO. But you don't have FOMO when you're the one mm-hmm. out there traveling, and it's almost like life back at home was basically put on hold, and you got this like year of an adventure. And yeah. Yeah. doing that pre kids, I mean, I travel a lot with kids, and I'm a huge advocate of that as well. But this sort of a freedom when you're young and able, and like you don't need to be growing your fortune. Oh my God, go travel. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you've also done a really good job of like taking all of your experiences and, and also like you are adventurous. So you've had many of these experiences, many of these moments and traveling to new places. So you've really, I see it as like these little puzzle pieces, like you've been putting these puzzle pieces together for now years. And each time you have a new puzzle piece, like you build something from it. Like all of your businesses have been like a culmination of your past experiences, like in the coolest, coolest way. Um, I'd love to like start to talk on how you even got some of these like software. How do you even start a software company? Like, how does that start? Are you the software person? <laughs> I'm not. So that's that's okay. a really good question. Um, I'm not completely, but I will say that I'm very much embracing of automation and technology. So um, I, I, I did have so... It was three co-founders of Otaho. So Anto and I, my husband, we ran Quickstay, which was a property management company, and even the digital marketing world. So, I mean, I'm kind of, I've always been kind of technical, but not in the way of writing code. But I think that doing that, and even maybe the math background lets you appreciate things like pseudocode or decision trees or, or, or logical consequence of things. And you're like, hey, if I can automate something, let's do that. So within Quickstay, the automation came very, very mellow at the beginning. It was like, okay, let's sign up to a PMS, a property management software, because that lets you automate the messaging or let's um, automate. We, we, we had this like product called BuzzerBot, which basically, you know, when you go into a building and you press the buzzer, somebody needs to answer and click six to open the door. So once we had way too many properties, that became a full-time job. And so we automated that into like a little mini product called BuzzerBot. So there's actually quite a few buildings in Toronto that if you press the right code, there's a little recording of me saying, hey, come in. And then nine gets pressed. So we were doing things like that or like, you know, the cleaning scheduling, like I had this big Excel sheet, but then when the cleaners can or can't and and it was color coded and it got so messy that I, okay, like when you manage, you know, 25 properties, I can't keep cleaning it in Excel. So we were automating that. And so when I say we, so it was really, so Anto and I was running Quickstay and then my very good friend and now co-founder and CEO of Autohost. So Roy Firestein was, um, he was growing his career and path in the cybersecurity space and basically him and Anton were just working on weekend projects. 
It was like, we're doing things inefficiently. Let's automate, which funny enough, that is why AutoHost is called AutoHost because it wasn't at all first about guest screening. We were automating lots of different aspects of the hosting world and experience. And then that let us basically scale without growing it to be a team of 30 people because a lot was done through automation. So it's almost like I dove into the world of SaaS and software by, I was like the, the algorithm or the, the actual decision behind who gets flagged and what is risky and being able to, to help out on that front um, was how I got into that world. The, the product is very much written uh, by Roy and mm-hmm. he's the, the brain behind that entire side of things. And I'm so lucky to have, to have that and us being, I mean, great team. And like, so we, we really each take our, you know, mm-hmm. our parts and what we contribute, but that's how you end up in software, but then I'm, you know, who's better than me to talk to clients and say, I've been there and this is why that makes my life easy. And that's, that's how we use it. Or that's what we learned or, or I totally hear you on this part and this is intimidating. So there's a really good, um, yeah, mm-hmm. way for me to, to approach it. What do you love most about working with AutoHost, working in that capacity? And like, where do you see this going? Ooh. <clears throat> so what I like most about right now, I think I'd say it's, it's so empowering to hear the stories and the reviews of knowing that you're really, really like making a difference and making their lives better. I am um, actually fun story. So I went to a conference back uh, in September. It was in Austin, Texas. And I was with one of our sales guys. Um, his name is actually Austin as well. So Austin and I went to Austin, Texas for a conference and we, and we booked our place with, with a client of ours. So it's a property management company. Their name is Central. And they're actually, they're very much this sort of a, they're a hybrid between the short-term rental and the traditional hospitality space. So it's not, you know, it's not Ella renting out our second bedroom on Airbnb. The majority of our clients are very professional, large property management companies. And so Central has full buildings. It's pretty much like apartment hotels. And, and we booked our place within one of their locations. They have locations across the States and we were, basically coming to check in and I was super excited because oh my god like it's a client and of course we don't know them in specific because we work with head office right like our clients and whoever my team is is in touch with is really not these guys but but hey like it's still it's a client and so we go in we come to check in uh we check if the room is ready for early check-in like every guest always does mm-hmm. um and this girl at the counter at the desk is like you know she's like looking into it and there's this awkward silence and I go by the way we're with AutoHost. And I'm all ready to be like so like friendly and hospitable and just like kind of provide that service. And this girl looks up from the screen at us like she's blushing. And she goes, I know I have a star next to your name. We love you guys. And she was starstruck. And she was just like, can I show you my screen? And then she turns these like two ginormous screens. She turns the screen to me and it's auto host plastered all of her things. Like this leads my day. I do this and I do that. And so- First of all, I mean, I was melting and it was incredible and it was so heartwarming. But then I almost feel like so Austin, the guy that was with me, I feel like his jaw just drops and he's in sales. He says that to people all the time. He knows it's incredible, but it's like, holy shit, Mm -hmm. like just being right there and seeing that reassurance and that like we do something that is just so amazing and so convenient and drives their business and lets them be amazing and grow a brand. And this isn't like part of the concern. So yeah, my long answer to like what I love about what we do right now is really the, the real effect, the whole, oh my God, we implemented this 
two weeks ago and it already paid for itself or there's been this local like fraud ring that we've been like catching trying to catch because and oh my god like you guys flag the reservation right away or whatever success stories that we have or we hear is is so reassuring like we have this uh wins channel on slack where everybody throws in stuff so it could be like the onboarding team and the success or people from sales like i mean sales closed but there's so many that the success team just posted guys huge shout out to the onboarding process or somebody just said oh my god this worked amazingly and just that's extremely reassuring yeah yeah wow i mean you're right it's like obviously you believe in your product you know it works like of course, you're going to be biased and it's amazing and you're going to talk about it every day. But when someone else is like giddy and like blushing, you're like, okay, it's real. <laughs> no, completely. And just, yeah, I can't, uh, it was, it, she, at some point she took me to meet the manager of those locations. There were three buildings and she, she literally goes to him. She goes like, by the way, I just like, our VIP guest is here. And she goes, let me introduce auto host herself. And I'm like, my new nickname let me change linkedin yeah. fully auto host herself it's been like i was basically like on a pedestal and just like on top of the world that entire like weekend and conference and and that was like the story so so austin you know he's in sales he talks to new prospects that was the only story he told the whole weekend because like what can be more than the final things to so, know it's that's really fun and it's it's nice to to be there and to meet the clients and to to see that, you know, we're making that difference and then see them grow and see that it's, it's a no big deal for them to add 10 more buildings in whatever city right now because the process just carries over and we do actually play a part in their scale and the growth and they consult with us on things and it's, it's incredible. Tell us a little bit about your vision for this company. Like, where do you really see this going? Mm. Um, so there's the, there's the on the books vision, uh, which is very big. And then there's kind of my personal little side pet project. So in terms of just auto host in general, I think that it's at the beginning that we're currently in the hospitality space. And so even though guest screening is very specific to hospitality, because there's a unique exchange, so you're not just buying a shirt. So the, the biggest risk isn't just a chargeback if somebody used a fake credit card. You're renting out your place. There's activity happening behind closed doors. You want to make sure that it's A, legal, and you know B, doesn't trash the place, is respectful, and so on. So, um, so, so hospitality really is unique. But the, if we take it a step back and we just talk about really validating those transactions online, so making sure that people are who they say they are. ID verification is is far from being enough anymore because, A, there's ways to fake it if you don't use the right tools to tell. And B, if I took your ID, it's a real ID. It's just not me. So that's another thing. I can, you know, steal your ID, submit with that, go through a background check. It's going to come back clean, hopefully. Um, but you know, like, so the whole world of, of validating these transactions. So the vision really is to um, one day, I mean, three-year plan is to expand to different verticals. And, you know, our investors and, and clients sometimes bring it up. And we're very much in our advisors or everybody has their eyes on like, oh, my God, but it would be so helpful in, in car rentals and in cruise ships and in online marketplaces and in whatever else. So, like, there's so many adjacent verticals we can start going to. So vision-wise, and because the tech is so powerful – is really to, to to bring trust online. So much is happening that is making the world better. These, I mean, this, these days and months and decades, but that opens loopholes to new fraud and sophisticated fraud. And, and, and it could be just money or it could be like way deeper things behind it. So the whole, the whole world of trust online and the fact that what we use behind the scenes is really this power of AI and technology. There's machine learning that goes into place. We see 
we combine so many data points to see, hey, something is suspicious about this transaction that can completely translate outside of hospitality. And that's really the goal. So if we can, you know, overall keep growing it and validate any transaction that goes online and make sure it's not anonymous um, for the right reasons and, and, and we bring that trust there, that's really the, the goal there. And I completely see the technology taking us there. So that's exciting, like on its own, like happy to take a, a breath and a pause. That's sufficient of a dream. And, and that's where we're headed. Um, and then on a personal note, I think I shared this with you before as well. So I, when I was mentioning the different types of, you know, activities that can happen in hospitality and what our clients deal with, and that's not only the big operators, it can be really small ones. Um, and you get into the whole criminal activity side of things. You, you can have, you know, drugs and gangs and, and, the guns and weapons and which by the way we had so like a bit of a spoiler the story I wrote in Hospitable Host was all leading to an experience <laughs> where we got a phone call from a Toronto deputy police telling us they had a confirmed sighting of a known gang member um, posting on Instagram with automatic weapons in one of our units um, so so these things happen and like they don't only happen in you know the Hilton or like huge hotels when you don't really care so there's lots of illegal activity but there's a, a very specific one that you know, my heart gets a little bit softer around and that's when you get into escort services and sex trafficking. And I think there was this period where it hit me that hospitality is so theoretically unrelated to sex trafficking, but ironically enough, ends up enabling it because they need a place to do it. Mm -hmm. And when that clicked, when it's like, if we don't screen a guest and we don't, we kind of choose to turn a blind eye. If the if the approach is, as long as the money goes through, I don't care, then what are we as an industry doing? Yeah. And then I think at some point, like I was talking to Roy about it, I listened to, the, to some podcast about um, somebody coming from the more traditional hospitality and that it is a problem there. And I'm like, dude, we can like think big, like we're working with operators, but think like, you know, hotel chains and they, sure, they might not care about smoking in the room because they'll just like charge a fee and they have another room and they don't care about like a party because they have security walking around, they can dismantle it. But what about sex trafficking? What about people getting raped in rooms? What about like minors or just like such a huge world out there? And I think like Roy just burst my, like he goes, Ella, they don't care. Hmm. What do you mean? Well, the money goes through. They know this shit happens. Mm. And and that's kind of where I slept on it for a while. Um, and that, God forbid, not not to say that, you know, Roy doesn't care that they don't care, but it was almost like he gave me that slap in the face. And I'm like, but mm -hmm. that's not okay then. And then we can expose him for it. And look, what do you mean? So sure, let's help validate transactions. But and if we can, you know, play a role in increasing awareness to the fact that if you allow an anonymous transaction, then you're giving space to abuse. And let's start fighting that. So to answer your question, kind of my, my personal thing, I've gotten a little bit more involved and just start with awareness and advocacy. Start with the fact that I would love hospitality in general to just take a stance, right? And say, okay, well, not here. And I'm taking active efforts. And I've been talking to, to advocates in the space and people that work with hospitality to provide courses mm -hmm. and training on how to help employees spot um, certain things. Um, there's organizations like Operation Underground, I think Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore on it, where that's a whole different part of it. I, I believe that they actually raid, raid suspected incidents as they happen. But kind of if you envision this big, like I, I one day envision once we have enough data to pull, like I'm going to have a button on AutoHost where every operator opts in or sorry, can opt out. It's going to be a default. And let's just say that if there's some data collected and suspicion of any 
possible objective data points that link to imply that anything can be risky, let's send that information over and operators being in on it and just like, we're going to be such a small screw in that system, but if we can contribute in the prevention and we already do. So as we have fraud, um, you know, if a, if a credit card doesn't go through or if a payment fails or if there's an issue and our operators choose to decline those reservations, we're helping in the prevention already. So if we can just be even more intentional about it and help advocate and increase the awareness and make sure that operators know that it's not just your bank's bottom line, but rather you should take a stance and make sure that like not under my watch, not in my properties. That's something that um, is extremely important for me to come out of uh, this mm -hmm. journey. Well, I just like, I so believe in what you're doing. And it's really funny because I was watching something on Netflix or it was YouTube, I forget, some kind of docu-series on the hospitality industry connected to sex trafficking, mm. escort services, um, people working within those hotels and chains being paid off by like, you know, all of the corruption that we know mm. goes on. And I think what I'm seeing of you is like, you are highly intuitive that some, there's an opportunity within your own business to actually bridge the gap between what is happening and the technology that you have. Like, I believe in it. I believe in you. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. It's definitely like a, a mission and a journey. So thank you. Yeah. You're so welcome. Well, how can people support you? How can they can support auto host? Tell us how to find you. Oh, man. Um, well, I'm, all the social networks and you can find me on LinkedIn, Ellen Jiborski. And uh, for those that are interested a little bit deeper in the hospitality space and specific in Autoho. So um, we have lots of sources and information and uh, at autohost.ai, not even people that are users of our tool, but even just general recommendations and, and best practices for, for screening and verification. Um, and, and aside from that, I mean, third time's a charm, just so happy to mention hospitable host. We we did get connected through that, but just it's a it's actually it's a book that is it's, so it's a beautiful compilation of of short stories by hosts from around the world. They can be big or small or like you know happy stories or sad ones, and just such a fun read. And I believe that it's almost like the beautiful core. So once companies become companies, you almost forget the the individual stories yeah. behind it. So hospitable host. I was an author in the second in the second volume. So I'll the host too. Um, but yeah, just for a fun read, I completely encourage people to, to read it, enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm reachable and accessible. Definitely add me if I can ever just connect and be of help, but I like forming those connections. So I'm out there. Thank you so much, Ella. I will make sure that we have the hospitable hosts um, in the description of this mm -hmm. podcast. I've added it to my notes and this was just such a illuminating conversation. I think your journey has just been amazing. I love all the little breadcrumbs that you have said yes to and built upon. And I'm really excited to watch your journey unfold with auto host and what you guys are going to be doing. Thank you. Yeah, there's a lot more to come. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Ella. Thanks everyone for listening to another great episode of She Builds Empires. Thank you.